coming up. What an excellent day for language! Language! Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 90 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins again with that bedroom window. Had, had we just seen something, or, or was that just our imagination? Must have been your imagination. But our mm-hmm. minute ends with a shot of hands holding a communion wafer. Ah, yes, yes. Who Whose hands are those? And 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 whose body is that? No, I don't know. <laughs> what does this represent? Or literally be? Yes, D- depending on your, your Dep- uh, yes, yes. Want delineation of faith. <laughs> yes, I want to be respectful. Yes. <laughs> is, is, is it actually the thing or is it or is it a representation of the thing? No, it's really the thing. It's really the thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, Karis is doing some detective work, right, in this, in this minute. And I like the thematic link to Karis and Kinderman here, folks. You'll remember we just ended the last minute with a shot of Kinderman in a car across the street and we realize he was there the whole time the whole time the whole time watching the mcneil house and as karis leaves kinderman glances up and sees something at the window or does he did he did did we i can't remember now i'm and i'm too lazy to go back and check so so i'm just gonna say from my peace of mind that it was our imagination right it couldn't possibly be anything up there Uh, reagan's uh sedated and tied to the bed right yeah yeah for the first thing yeah yeah i I'm sure. I'm sure we didn't see anything. It's the Mandela effect, uh, the Pazuzu effect, right? And and our <laughs> mind is just is, is just playing tricks. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That that that's what I'll say. Much easier. <laughs> Much easier to sit with. Yes. I do want to point out that in our script, which is from December of 1972, so relatively early on in the production, we specifically will say that uh, Kinderman is, sees something up there. He thinks about it, and he does not see the shutter slowly pulled shut. So it just Ooh. makes that point that he he is experiencing this Mandela effect, this deja vu-ish thing of like, no, it couldn't be or whatever. But then he doesn't see the real evidence of the shutters slowly closing. Interesting. Pay attention, Billy Pay Kinderman. A- Kinderman. <laughs> Another Billy here. God. <laughs> Billy F. Kinderman. Billy F. Kinderman. That's that's a you know, that's an explicative ex- explicative <laughs> if, if ever I heard one. Right? <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so um, uh, the last shot of this scene is him looking at that window, right? So we got we got Kinderman being a detective here, right? And in our next scene, we got Karis doing some de- uh, detectiving of his own. Uh, but before that, we have another reading from the Book of Blatty for you folks. This is a scene that happens between our two scenes in this minute. And in this scene as well, Karis is playing detective, uh, but he is interrupted by Father Dyer. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to uh, give us this reading here, folks, is uh, we we don't get enough Dyer, right? We, we are in dire need of, uh, <laughs> of some more Father Dyer. So, so here we go. A reading from the Book of Blatty. He looked up at the door as he heard a knock. Damien? Come in. It was Dyer. Hey, Chris McNeil was trying to reach you. She ever get a hold of you? When? You mean tonight? No, this afternoon. Oh, yes, I spoke to her. Good, said Dyer. Just wanted to be sure you got the message. The diminutive priest was prowling the room now, picking at objects like an elf in a thrift shop. What do you need, Joe? Karis asked him. Got any lemon drops? What? 
I've looked all through the hall for some lemon drops. Nobody's got any. Boy, I really crave one, Dyer brooded, still prowling. I once spent a year hearing children's confessions, and I wound up a lemon drop junkie. I got hooked. The little bastards keep breathing in on you along with all that pot. Between the two, I think it's addictive. He lifted the lid of a pipe tobacco humidor where Karis had stored some pistachio nuts. What are these? Dead Mexican jumping beans? Karis turned to his bookshelves, looking for a title. Listen, Joe, I've got a- Isn't that Chris really nice? Interrupted Dyer, flopping on the bed. He stretched full length with his hands clasped comfortably behind his head. Nice lady. Have you met her? We've talked, answered Karis, plucking out a green-bound volume called Satan, a collection of articles and Catholic position papers by various French theologians. He carried it back with him toward the desk. Look, I've really got to- Plain, down to earth, unaffected, continued Dyer. She can help us with my plan for when we both quit the priesthood. Who's quitting the priesthood? Gays in droves. Basic black has gone out. Now, I... Joe, I've got a lecture to prepare for tomorrow, said Karis as he set down the books on the desk. Yeah, okay. Now, my plan is we go to Chris McNeil, get the picture? With this notion that I've got for a screenplay based on the life of St. Ignatius Loyola. The title is Brave Jesuits Marching, and... Would you get your ass out of here, Joe? prodded Karis, tamping out his cigarette butt in the ashtray. Is this boring? I've got work to do. Who the hell's stopping you? Come on now, I mean it. Karis had started to unbutton his shirt. I'm going to jump in the shower, and then I've got to work. Didn't see you at dinner, by the way, said Dyer, rising reluctantly from the bed. Where'd you eat? I didn't. That's foolish. Why diet when you only wear frocks? He had come to the desk and was smiling at a cigarette. Stale. Is there a tape recorder in the hall? There isn't even a lemon drop in the hall. Use the language lab. Who's got the key? Father President? No, Father Janitor. You need it tonight? Yes, I do, said Karis, as he draped his shirt on the back of the desk chair. Want me to get it for you? Could you do that? I'm really in a bind. No sweat, great beatific Jesuit witch doctor coming. Dyer opened the door and walked out. Karis showered and then dressed in a t-shirt and trousers. Sitting down to his desk, he discovered a carton of camel non-filters and beside it a key that was labeled Language Lab and another tagged Refectory Refrigerator. Appended to the latter was a note. Better you than the rats. Karis smiled at the signature. The lemon drop kid. He put the note aside, then unfastened his wristwatch and placed it in front of him on the desk. The time was 10.58 p.m. He began to read, Freud, McCasland, Satan, Osterreich's exhaustive study. Well, that's really interesting um, how we don't have any of that in the movie and how this mm. might break the tone of it, right? In a book, you can right. get a primarily funny scene, right? This is funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Father Dyer comes in and uh, Timon and Pumbaa's his way mm -hmm. <laughs> through and is just bothering him. And then in the movie, yeah, we don't necessarily have time to breathe and time to think about this. And Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, it is some, like, um, again, I, I wanted to read it because it, it does sort of go with that theme of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's those two opposing themes mm -hmm. of isolation and communion. Hey, communion, right. Or mm -hmm. community or, or the, you know, the, the bond, uh, of, of friendship and love, mm -hmm. um, you know, that these two characters have for each other and, and how Karis is, um, you know, maybe not as alone as he thinks he is. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have just this kind of like, you know, again, folks going back to the quietness of good, right. Mm -hmm. Um, is, is. Uh, you know, it's just a uh, just dire. You know, uh, kind of like a, a little guardian angel, just kind of like popping in and saying, "Like, hey, Karis, you know, like, uh, you know, I care about you. I, ca mm -hmm. I care about you, Karis. <laughs> Looks well, like it's... you're in dire need of a friend." <laughs> <laughs> It's also interesting, you know, maybe because I, maybe, you know, as a gay, mm. I, you know, I'm just noticing here that we mention gays leaving the Catholic Church, and that's mm. very interesting. Um, 
especially since in the movie, perhaps more than in the book, I read mm. Dyer as a gay, coded gay character. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm the only one out there who does that. Mm. Um, but yeah, them talking about, you know, making light of it, at least they're not taking it too seriously, but making light of the social changes that were um, on the mind of a lot of Catholics. And we know that because in the late 1960s, there were huge international reforms that were called Vatican II. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, I don't know if how much you know about Vatican II or... I'm I'm slightly aware of it. I mean, uh-huh. if you want, if you want to, like, um, uh, well, oh, I was hoping you would. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are these great reforms because the church was seeing, you know, with the youth movement and just the general, like, again, international um, downwards uh, trends of attendance and, mm. and uh, recruitment for the Catholic Church, and um, and the, so the the Pope at the time in, instituted some major reforms and had mm. big councils, and uh, th- this was uh, things like. Um, um, you know, moving away from Latin in the uh, in the services. Mm. So you know, like Latin was what the the services has been in for hundreds of years, and it gives yeah. this sense of tradition. And there's this idea that like, well, that is more holy than than saying it in whatever language you happen to speak in your real life, right? Right. right. But that also means that well, if if you are, I mean, in a in America, sure, but if you are in, um, you know, Zimbabwe or mm-hmm, South mm-hmm. Korea, and they're talking to you in a in Latin, a language that's even further removed from your understanding of the world, right? right? Um, you know, what are you listening to, and and yeah. how how does that drum up, you know, lifelong Catholicism and and generational Catholicism? Yeah, right. Yeah. So they were thinking about things like that, and and it was a huge controversy that the priests of the exorcist time would they all would have been thinking about it. There were mm. debates. So some people left the church because it was too liberal mm. at this moment. They were like, I don't want to be in this. This isn't the church I grew up with. This isn't my church anymore right. where you're saying like, if we have a, um, a parish primarily of like Latino immigrants that we should be speaking to them in, in Spanish. Like, I don't know this world. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like to us, it, that sounds perfectly reasonable. I'm sure like you didn't seem yeah. like, yeah, but, but that would be like, well, I don't know what this is anymore. And yeah. um, yeah. And so we had people who were leaving. And so, yeah. So for Dyer to address some of that here and talking about the down, uh, the downturn of, um, you know, increasing gay consciousness and that's driving mm-hmm. people away from the church is interesting, especially since, you know, a lot of, and it might still, it, it must still happen, but a lot of people who go into uh, the priesthood at the time did it because mm-hmm. they didn't want to get married mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, or, or nuns, right? So we had women who didn't, you know, fit into the mold and they didn't see themselves, whether they were conscious as gay or um, asexual or whatever. They were like, well, I don't want to get married. I don't, I don't know what that, that, that life sounds so terrible, but right. I can't be accepted as a single woman in the world, except if I'm a nun. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I this this line right here um, always like I I still don't know mm-hmm. what to think about uh, this line. So so he's like, who's leaving the priesthood? Mm-hmm. Oh, gays and droves. Right. Um, and I mean, this is this is Father Cutesy Flip, right? right? Like he's 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 being Timon. He's joking. He's wisecracking. <laughs> right. But I was also like like, am I supposed to like? Is this is this offensive or mm-hmm. is he like? If we combine it with you know like what we see in the movie, mm-hmm. is this kind of like a little hint that 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 blatty is writing him as gay as well or uh, again i'm a gay and i can't mm-hmm. read it any other way <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know how to not read it that way so yeah. i'd love to hear counter examples of that but yeah i mean that that that's how that's how i'm taking it as well mm-hmm, i was like right. and and maybe because like i i saw the movie and i was like oh okay and mm-hmm. and then i read the book and i'm, and I'm like oh oh this is this is 
how you do it, you, you couldn't do it visually because right. it's not a movie. You do it this way and, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Um, and then just off, off the, the show, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm realizing now, um, with this reading, um, mm-hmm. is this, is this uh, offensive? Or? What about? Like just, just him saying gays and droves. Blah, no, blah, blah, blah. I think that's like, but he's okay. also saying gays and droves because that's, that's real. <laughs> that's that's real. what yeah, was okay. happening, right? right. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that they're know. losing. They're losing people. They're u- losing young people. They're getting mm-hmm. people who are identifying as spiritual and not religious, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody uh, again. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, mm-hmm. you are religious and and you also are not dogmatic, and that was a big threat. If you if you said those yeah. types of things that you say on the show about your own faith journey in the nineteen seventy one or set when the book is being written, right? You would be quite a rebel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like my relationship with, <laughs> with the Catholic faith, because, um, it, like I, I, I say I'm Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's how I was raised. And that's, I guess, I guess you could say that's, that's how, uh, you know, God decided to introduce himself to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I look at like all the, all the boxes to check. It's like, well, you know, like if you're Catholic, you must agree with this and this and this and this. And I was like, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Like basically like a lot of anything that the church says that like alienates other people. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Um, I'm reminded, though, of um, what uh, one of my favorite comedians, Dara O'Brien, said. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he talks about he's, he's this Irish um, uh, comedian who, who happens to be an atheist um, who, who's really, really into it. Like, he's a big science nerd. He's a big um, astronomy nerd and, and, and all of that. Um, but he was raised Catholic. And, you know, he makes a joke about, you know, as of being Irish Catholic. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he says that, uh, you know, he tried to leave the Catholic faith, but uh, it wouldn't let him go. He says, he says Catholicism is the, is the most adhesive religion on, on the planet, right? <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could do, like, no matter what you do, you could, uh, you know, you could, you could convert to Islam and you'll still just be in the eyes of the church, in the eyes of the church, you'll still just be a bad Catholic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I guess that's what, I guess that's what I am, right? You know, like a bad, I'm, I'm just a bad Catholic. I can't get away from it. Yeah. yeah and the Catholics that I know are, are non-Catholic people who follow the Catholic church today, right? They are very much cafeteria Catholic. So when, mm. when Pope Francis says like, um, uh, who am I to judge if someone has an abortion? They go, yay, hooray, hooray, hooray. Like I'll, mm-hmm, I'll take mm-hmm. that. But then when <laughs> Pope Francis recently said, it's really selfish of these millennials to not have children and instead treat their animals, their, their pets as, as their children. Mm. We go, no, boo. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Oh, peach cobbler. I don't want this. <laughs> right, exactly. Like cafeteria Catholic. And maybe like, not no. today, right? Maybe yeah. tomorrow I'll go back. Yeah, to yeah. 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 But I don't know if you'd heard that from. Oh, no. I, yeah. I, I think you mentioned on, on the show cafeteria Catholics. Oh, I, no. I, like that. I don't know if you had heard that, that Pope Francis was against pets replacing oh. children. Um, no, I didn't hear that. Wow. Yeah, because some people are like, I'm doing that specifically to help with climate change and overpopulation. And, right, right. And he says, yeah. you're just being so, so selfish, you millennials. I, do, isn't that kind of the opposite of being selfish, <laughs> that's, Yeah, that's It's like for the environment? It's, <laughs> yes, but how can you um, – you know, how can you be fruitful and multiply if you're <laughs> if you're going out and uh, having pets instead? Yeah, yeah, you should be making more parasites to to, <laughs> to eat more animals and chop down more trees. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm, yeah, yummy, yummy trees, yummy, trees. yummy animals. Mm, ozone, <laughs> yum 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 yum. yum. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yeah. So I, mm, I, I the polar ice caps, nice dessert right there. <laughs> Refreshing, yes, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, th- I think it's interesting that we we, we haven't quite um, talked about that yet. Because, but that's a you know to write a book primarily about priests and mm-hmm. the Catholic bureaucracy in 1971 is to be right. in the shadow of of the Vatican II Council. Vatican II, yeah, yeah. Vatican II, electric boogaloo. <laughs> ah, well. 
this this time it's uh, this time it's more empathetic. No. <laughs> yeah, it was though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vatican II. Um, we're getting better. We're, we're learning. We're learning. Yeah. We're still just people. Right. That, that's what it is. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, anyone out? Right. Okay. So yeah, getting back to this minute here. Right. Um, so yeah. So just a little, just a little, um, uh, a little uh, dose of dire in there, because uh, because uh, I feel like uh, we don't get enough of them in this in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit of book dire there. Um, so yeah. So. Um, we we now are back in this minute. We're in the next scene, and we cut to what must be the most archaic tape player I have ever seen. Um, if it's right in there with the Cardiograph 2000. Um, <laughs> it's even got a little bicycle bell and a whiteboard eraser for some reason. <laughs> Do you see what I'm? Yeah. Do you see what I'm referring to? <laughs> no, but <laughs> you can't see the bicycle bell. Hold on, let me look. at it. It's got a bicycle bell. No, I thought you were just and being a whiteboard silly, eraser. But, no. Uh, okay, I see a whiteboard eraser and a bicycle bell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. then also the the fast forward button is to the mm-hmm. left, and the fast rewind button is to the right, which I think is completely backwards. What? the hell were people thinking <laughs> right clearly in the 1970s from left to right it should be rewind play fast forward right uh-huh, I, I uh-huh. don't understand how it would be anything about that but this no, it is, doesn't make any sense yeah right? the opposite i love i love like like uh, um new technology mm-hmm. when they're just st- when they're working out the game like they figured out how to make a machine do something mm-hmm. but then they haven't figured out it's like we were talking about before on the show Kenan. like they figured out how to make a, sh- a machine do something <laughs> but they haven't figured out how to kind of like make it palatable mm-hmm. with with just like our culture and the human condition and everything right. like that mm-hmm. right like all the all the medical machines look like torture devices and <laughs> and the things that are rewinding and fast forwarding and playing like aren't in the right order for us to like 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 sit with right right yeah right um so yeah so <laughs> so we're looking uh, at it and then um so this is a real to real player right yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if I'm understanding this correctly, so on the right hand, Damien has put in this tape that what he's gotten from Chris, I suppose, or something. Yeah. yeah. Now, like, so in the book, he mm-hmm. asks Chris for a recording of Reagan's voice, right? This mm-hmm. is to, you know, build up his case, right, of the possession. And I always just assumed it was an eight track or a cassette tape, right? Uh-huh, right. Even though, like, it describes him as, like, threading the tape, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, this is, this is, like, even though I've read this book, like, <laughs> just the fact, like, so... So what did what did Chris have? Like she just brought him. Like how big are these things? Is it's, what I'm I think asking. it's exactly the tape on the right that we see. This reel that is huge. It is huge, right? But yeah, so Blatty in the book doesn't have to explain to you that it's not a cassette tape, which haven't been invented yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be an interesting little bit. You know, just, authors know this isn't a cassette tape because right. those haven't been invented. <laughs> haven't been invented yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure they were around, but they were they were like you know when I like watching old Dick Clark. Um, uh, twenty five thousand dollar pyramid or hundred thousand dollar pyramid, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes in the bonus or the uh, the bonus prize is mm-hmm. we'll get you a compact disc player uh, with the retail value of one thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it's like if you want that, be like, oh great, I'll have to wait seven seventeen years before people start making CDs <laughs> that yeah. I could go buy at, at Sam Goody or Tower Records or whatever. But oh. in the meantime, I got this thousand dollar CD player. Folks, younger folks, you don't know. Like <laughs> like the 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 electronics that you would consider like ancient now mm-hmm. were 
crazy expensive. Keenan, right. like, like, did you have like, like the 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 um, uh, the game machine? You know, like, like Super Nintendo, Nintendo, like the video games and stuff. Like I that. had the Super Nintendo when it came out, and I had the um, the what we now call the NES that we used to just call the Nintendo. Right. But yeah. I, I think I had a second version of it. It wasn't the the original cool Famicom one. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, yeah. Um, I had, I remember we had, a, we had a Nintendo and NES and mm-hmm. then a Super Nintendo SNES. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one Christmas, like, uh, we had asked for, um, the Super Nintendo, uh, game of the Lion King. Oh God. That's like the hardest game out there. Which was $80. <laughs> and I remember that because my parents said, it's like, it's not the folks i'm not talking about the system Mm -hmm. i'm talking about so that'd be like if you go to buy a dvd of the lion king to play in your dvd no even that's old Mm -hmm. right if you like like you go onto amazon and you want to download a digital copy of the lion king and it's 80 (laughs) dollars when you're talking about 80 dollars in like 1997 money too so it's yeah it's true yeah yeah yeah. but that's that's the hardest game that I remember playing. I mean, I never got past the first level. So you spent $80 to just yeah. die repeatedly when, because <laughs> yes. like the first, the first, um, the first bad guy doesn't look like a bad guy. It's a little, um, it's a little uh, iguana looking thing, or I don't know whether yeah. it would be in mm-hmm, Africa. Mm-hmm. It's that, right. that little bug that um, Simba tries to roar at in the movie and, mm-hmm, you know, it looks like a friend. And then you go right up to it and it just kills, it kills you. you. Yeah. <laughs> There's some hard life lessons right yeah. there, Simba. That's the circle of life. Things that look like friends will kill you <laughs> or your father. Right. That thing that looks like your uncle. Well, it is your uncle. It but, is your um, uncle. But clearly yeah. he looks like a bad guy. I mean, yeah. I don't so, know what Simba uh, was yeah. thinking about. Right. Yeah. So so thank you, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Clark, for buying your boys a game that they couldn't play. <laughs> no, did you get past uh, level one? Do you remember? Oh, I think I think through? I think we got we got farther. Um, we got to like adult Simba. Oh, levels. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I've never even yeah. seen them. I need to go but no, pull up I, YouTube videos. I remember I remember specifically the um I just can't wait to be king level. Yes, I saw people play that. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't get there myself. And <laughs> could not could not get past like like just like the cuz there's like this series of monkeys that mm-hmm, you got to mm-hmm. you know uh, manipulate and, and swing across, and then you bounce on this thing and they like they swing on the vines and it's like and just the, the fucking songs like <laughs> <laughs> your monkey friend dropped you. Yeah, so that I guess this game is all about how your friends let you down. <laughs> the, <laughs> the monkeys are your friends. Yeah, yeah. And they drop or, or they lead you down the you know a path of uh, grub eating nihilism. Um, <laughs> I certainly never got that far. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah. Uh, ah, Lion King, we're back. Hey, it was Timon. It was, we had Father Timon in here. Like, you know. It's perfect. It's perfect. I'd love to pretend that that I was making that connection, but in the reality of it, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the Lion King, no matter what anyone is telling me, <laughs> yeah. no matter what's yeah. going on. That's a at the Lion King minute here, folks. This is um, yeah. this is this was this was the Exorcist trap. <laughs> exactly. Ninety episodes of the Exorcist <laughs> trap in the Lion King minute. <laughs> Yeah, we're finally out. Right? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, speaking of uh, um, jarring transitions, right? Um, 
so yeah, we got we got this this weird machine back in back in our movie, The Exorcist. Um, uh, we got this weird machine and Reagan's voice. Um, the last time we had Reagan and machines in one scene, it was very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we got her voice calling out, right? And she's like, "Hello." And we get Chris's voice, and it's a little indistinct, saying, "Honey, honey, that's too close." And I love the detail here to include the sound of them like figuring out how to use the tape recorder, right? Like mm. that's a really nice touch. Yeah. Well, but it, that's a completely podcaster thing to say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it found it, it sounds completely natural, right? It sounds mm-hmm. the, the actors have really understood that, like they mm-hmm. they get that really well. Yeah, yeah. You you notice like like in other movies, right? Mm-hmm. It's like oh. There was a tape left. Um, you know, you got you better play it, right? Mm-hmm. Or a CD, or a you know, like something like you know, go you know, like turn on the 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 recorded message, and mm-hmm. and, and it never, it always starts perfectly, right? Right? It's never, it's never like you know, is this is this thing on? Is mm-hmm. it what's going on? Right? Right. Um, I do like in oh whichever one that is Spider Man Two with Tom Holland. They all have home in the name Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man mm-hmm. Far From Home, mm-hmm. um, where it's right after everyone has died. Mm. Um, and so they, they have the, the, uh, it starts with the morning video announcements at the school. And mm. so it's the kids, the kids making their video and it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a, um, a tribute uh, video to the Avengers who have died, but it's all got like star wipes and, <laughs> and things Aww. from the high school, from the high school editing lab. Oh, my God. <laughs> make, oh that adds a little bit too much realism. To oh there. no, it's very funny. I'm just saying it oh. with a sad voice, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. very, it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so yeah, we, we, um, yeah, we got, we got Reagan's voice and, um, and you know what about Reagan's voice? It's really interesting. Mm. It's been a while since we've heard Reagan's voice. So it was kind yes. of even jarring. So I was like, oh God, this is, oh, it's, it's Reagan from before. Yes. Yeah. Right? It takes you just a, just a half second to be like, oh, oh, okay. I see what this is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we got her, we got her saying, it's like, uh, daddy, this is, do you ever had a dream where you, where, where you, where you, <laughs> No, no, no. Or you move the microphone to microphone to sit back and then you get possessed. Um, no. Um, <laughs> um, oh, but the we, listeners we, thought we were done with that. That could happen yeah. anytime. No, anytime. <laughs> that kid is still here. Um, along with along with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we get a shot of uh, of a needle going all over the all over the place, right? <laughs> um, and from there, we get a great reveal of this room. Mm-hmm. I really love this shot where we move up and away from that needle to disclose rows and rows of empty listening stations, mm-hmm. and we got Karis sitting alone in this little. Island of light. Right? He didn't even bother to turn the room lights on. Like, right. Karis, at some point, this is on you. You're like, you're making this gloomy for yourself. Yeah, right? Exactly. You didn't. You could have turned the light. No, no. But um. <laughs> oh, I don't know where the key is. <laughs> Father janitor. <laughs> um. But no, actually, like, I really can't stress how much I love this shot and mm-hmm. that that single light in that darkened room filled with all the empty desks and the audio equipment. And and we got random posters on the wall. Honestly, like just to, just to paint a picture here, folks, like I'm, I'm kind of in a similar place right now mm-hmm. as we are recording this show. I'm, I'm, I'm using the recording studio here at the school and there's no one else here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes the lights go off because they're on motion timer. Um, but actually, I, like I like being 
the only one here. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll come in on the weekend and, you know, just get some work done. And I don't know, like, tell me if you feel the same way, Keenan. Like, like you talked before about like working at uh, Target mm-hmm. and being there after closing and it being like a little spooky. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're both teachers now. And sometimes we got to stay late or show up really early and, and set things up. And like, have you ever been in a situation where, where you're just like, there at a time when there's nobody else around and you're grading papers, catching up on work, that sort of thing. And if so, like, do you like that or do you not like that? No, I do like it. I do. I like Mm. it a whole lot. So I spend a lot of time on the weekends here at school and then Mm. tend to take like weekdays off. And I like, I like being different from everybody else, I suppose. Mm. And, um, I think it's also a Vegas-y thing. (laughs) Like in Vegas, your, your, your schedule never matches with anybody else. And I think it's part of the culture, but yeah, no, I I like being alone in the office. My only trouble is when and, you know, when I do stay late now, it's like 10 o'clock at night or something or 11 mm. o'clock or midnight. Um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that someone will see me leave and then realize that I have no life. Like that's, oh, that's, that's the only thing. <laughs> so like I'm leaving in the cleaning crew or somebody else has come in and they just and they just come in to grab something they forgot. But then they they to tell just been looking at me. They're like, oh, no, he's been here all day <laughs> by himself. I was think I was I was finishing that that sentence up in my mind. I was thinking, oh, he's going to think that that someone's suspecting him of something. It's like, oh, he's he's embezzling from the school or he's, he's stealing. But what you were saying is like, it's like, no, oh, poor no. Keenan Diaz is like. <laughs> well, again, I don't mind. I don't mind that I spend a lot of time here. You know, I don't know why it's um, you know, is it less sad than doing the exact same thing at my house, <laughs> but but right. in, a, in a place that's a little bit cool, you know, cooler and more fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, no, I'm 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 right there with you, mm-hmm. Keenan. Um like I I really like the peace and the quiet. Mm-hmm. Um having the whole place to myself. I can go into the teacher's lounge, I can make coffee, mm-hmm. I can listen to music, right? Everything's shut down and put away and and yeah, it's a little spooky, but like it's a peaceful kind of spooky. Right. Like I really like it, yeah. But actually, okay, so this reminds me. Uh, so before I worked at this school, the one that I'm working at right now, mm-hmm. I actually did ESL uh, for various places around LA. That's the um, English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Um, and those and those were like my first jobs coming back from overseas, right? Because I taught English as a second language um, in in other countries, and then when I came back here, that was kind of like the first thing that I jumped back into. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them were these like summer programs um, at like UCLA, where they got a bunch of kids from Spain or Italy, uh, and and they're on this like student visa where half the time they're in class with me and the other half, uh, like the company's taking them all over LA, showing mm-hmm. them all the sites and the, the touristy spots. Right. Like, so I did a lot of gigs with companies that, that sort of had this bundle of like half tourism, half education, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like come to America, come, come to, to LA, see all the cool stuff and, and we'll get you in on a student visa. So you can, you can take, uh, these like uh, fun summer classes during the week and then you go to universal or Disneyland mm-hmm. on, on the weekends. Right. But yeah, so like all these companies, they would they would rent out classrooms at like UCLA during the summer, and I would arrive at campus at like six a.m. <laughs> in July, mm-hmm. and the buildings would be empty, and I and I you know get to my floor, and I'd go down the hallway, and I'd pass like rows and rows and rows of empty classrooms, and I'd get to mine, and I'd be early, so I'd just like sit in the classroom at the teacher's desk with my little with my little McDonald's breakfast, my my hot coffee, that you know, and the lights aren't even mm-hmm. on, so I'm I'm pulling a Karis too, I'm doing the same <laughs> thing, right? Like just one little fluorescent light like by the door right and i'd sit at the desk and i'd, I'd kind of mentally prepare for the day and i remember just like sitting there and sipping my coffee and thinking maybe none of them will show up <laughs> <laughs> and i it can it can just be like this like quiet you know in this dark room for three hours i can just right. like relax <laughs> and just think about learning but don't have to do anything yeah yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah so i work I in a university. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's really easy for me. I work at a university. My boyfriend works at a university. And then when mm. summer hits, we get to walk around. And, we're, and we're, we both agreed. It's just like college campuses are just so amazing when there aren't any students around. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's where the trouble starts when the yep. students mm-hmm. are here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's parking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like... A museum mm-hmm. of learning, right? <laughs> it's like learning once did occur in these places. <laughs> no longer, right? No longer, because the millennials only have pets. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have children anymore. <laughs> Back in the time before, yeah, these, these desks were all filled. Right. Unless we start teaching dogs. Oh, don't don't get me started. Which is never gonna happen. <laughs> Not on my watch. Teach dogs yeah. how to watch movies. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How to read subtext in movies. Yeah. I don't understand. How is that not more of a thing for like, you know, uh advertisers and marketers? Like mm-hmm. like you have a dog, but get get a channel for dogs. <laughs> Oh, well, there, there are channels. They don't for, have to pay for it. There are TV channels for cats that I watch. Oh. Or not that I watch, but <laughs> I'll put on. Oh, come on, Keenan. No. Let's just, all, let's just all be honest here. <laughs> well, I, I put them on and then I watch my cat watch them, right? Because they're okay, like, okay, they're yeah. like uh, up close videos of squirrels eating nuts and, and mice making their beds and, you know, making their little nests. And then you just watch mm. the cats go crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've seen like things where like little cartoon um, fish or bugs like crawl across the screen <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, my cats don't pay too much attention to TV unless there are animals on it. Like they like the Black Stallion about the horse a lot, mm, uh, or cartoons, right? So cartoons or right. or footage, live action footage of real animals. But any anything that's like people, like game shows or whatever, they don't care about at all. Yeah, yeah. This is you know, just more, just more of those. <laughs> oh, now they're now they're talking about things and doing things. Wow, it's riveting. Um, there's a, there, there's a, uh, trend on TikTok now having your, your animals watch Mufasa's death <laughs> and like seeing them react. And it's, and it's very interesting. Uh, what to, do they do? They, they, they are emo- like every video that I've seen, <laughs> whether it's a dog or a cat, they yeah. are emotionally invested. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's quite a scene. Know, <laughs> oh yeah. When it's like Simba's, you know, it's, it's after, you know, it's, it's the aftermath, right? And right. Simba's approaching um, his father. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's dad, dad, come on, get up. And the, the dogs are like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Stupid um, dogs. Don't you know he's up in the sky with the previous kings of the past? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about him. <laughs> I just got to believe in the space religion, dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's why they're invested, Keenan. It's like, well. <laughs> Well, I know all dogs go to heaven, so I'm okay. <laughs> but Mufasa is the strangest looking dog I've right. ever seen. Yeah, it turned, he goes into what a a, a puddle later on. That's yeah. where Simba finds him. It's in a reflection in a puddle. He's first he's first, he's first a puddle, and then he's and then he's and then he he you know uh, because we know about the the water cycle. Right. Then he becomes a cloud. <laughs> And then Scar is killed, mm-hmm. and he becomes rain, yeah, that's and, right. and the Pride Lands gets better. It's all Mufasa's water. That's right. The water circle of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, but yeah, so um, so so back to back to this language lab mm-hmm. at Georgetown University, and we can see uh, actually some languages up on the walls here. Now, the one up in the top left by the clock is in Swedish, and it says um, something I can't make out. It's like the the first word is so it's like 
something and then Talar inte miket svenska. So, and we know svenska, Swedish, right? Right. Um, right. So that translates to blank doesn't speak much Swedish. Ah. Yeah. So the so the first word could be I, you, he, she, they, we. It's something. It's it's uh, something there. Or right? one of those be... um, those names they put in the textbooks of like um, Ilsa. Ilsa doesn't speak. Oh, yeah, right? Right? It's always yeah. like Diego goes to the library. Well, Diego is very busy. <laughs> he goes yeah, all over. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, in in my yeah in my in my ESL textbooks, it's a Tom goes Tom <laughs> goes to the doctor. Right. Tom uh, uh, has dinner with his family. Tom <laughs> goes to the library. It's like gosh, Tom. <laughs> Tom doesn't like broccoli. Tom's yeah. father likes soccer. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is Tom's aunt's pen. Uh, spoilers, um, but yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so it, it, it the 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 missing word is a subject word, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's either a, a a pronoun like I, you, he, she, we, um, or it's or it's a name, right? right. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking really hard and I cannot make out that first word. So if anybody knows, uh, please write in. Like maybe, maybe someone knows that like the, the Swedish word talar is like, I don't know, third person singular. So it would Mm -hmm. have to be like he or she, like they could deduce that way. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, if anybody knows, uh, that, that first word in there, please write us in the exorcist minute at gmail.com. Um, now, under that, we got some Japanese, um, and it's a mixture of uh, hiragana mm-hmm. and kanji. Um, so, okay, just like really, really quick. Um, so hiragana and katakana are the two, I guess you would say, the syllabic alphabets yeah. in Japanese, right? Um, and th- they're so, it's, it's, it's like how you would spell words like mitsubishi is four letters, right? It's mitsubishi. Right, right? Every, every letter, letter is, is one is, syllable, right? Yeah, so it's like a consonant and a vowel, right? So like Toyota is three letters. It's Toyota. Sushi is two letters, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I don't know, Onibaba. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> which we mentioned before on the show, right? Is four letters, right? right. Onibaba. Too right? scary. Yeah, too scary, right? Um, but yeah, so, and that's hiragana, mm-hmm. right? Hira- hiragana, right? And uh, then katakana is the same sounds, the same syllables, but written in... Uh, a more uh, blocky, more simplified um, uh, font. So, so think like uh, cursive and print. Yes, but kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they're used for different things. As you're, you're, right. you're almost certainly going to say in a second. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> okay, it. okay. So, yeah. so cursive and print, but like but like with with um, uh, a more specific function, right? right? Mm-hmm. So katakana, the the print alphabet, is used for. Uh, loan words like um like Christmas or baseball or uh, like foreign names like, right? uh, like McDonald's like like yeah like McDonald's right it would be it would be what would it's like ma McDonald's right because everything is it's because uh, every letter is a is a consonant mm-hmm. and they and then a vowel right, right? and then you can see um, things that you assume are Japanese like ramen but ramen is written in in katakana because it's really uh, Chinese. Yeah, exactly right, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. So um, it, yeah, so for loan words, um, and sometimes they use it for like to italicize mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. So it could be a Japanese word, but it, like they want to be like you know. And then I saw the killer was you, right? And then <laughs> you would be would be um, italicized, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. right? Or sometimes like onomatopoeias. Oh, yeah, I was right? going to say in the comic books, the manga, it's a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, onomatopoeias or or uh, expl- explicit explicatives, <laughs> right? Yeah, boy. Um, yeah, English is all all muddled and messed up. We got we got consonants all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like America, uh, written in katakana is is just America, mm-hmm. right? Um, or like your name, Keenan, would be Kina, 
right? Disagree. Hard disagree. Oh, how would you say it? <laughs> oh, okay. So you're going with the phonetic. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, because if because it, it's not keen on. Right. It's keen right. in. Yeah. Keen in, right? So okay. So it would be it would be the letters key, the letter ne, and the letter n, right? Right. Ki-ne, That's what I right? would do. But in then Japan they would tell me, no, no, you're doing this. Well, they would yeah, so, <laughs> Right. It, like with foreign words, sometimes they go with the spelling and right. sometimes they go with the phonetic. Right. right? Yeah. There's not um, enough Keenans over there, I think I'd, I'd be res- I'd be responsible yeah. for it. I'd have to tell them what's what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that's that's hiragana, that's katakana, and then you got kanji. Um, is I guess the third alphabet, but it's brought over from China, and it is way more complicated because each character makes up a word. So there's like a kanji for house, mm-hmm. and a kanji for street, and a kanji for doctor, and it's it's almost like shorthand, right? So you can actually combine them to make new words. So like if you combine the kanji for tooth. And the kanji for doctor, Mm -hmm. you get dentist, right? Mm -hmm. And if you combine the kanji for glasses and the kanji for doctor, Mm -hmm. you get Dr. Tanny. Um, (laughs) But uh, but yeah, all that to say, this this message under the clock is uh, Japanese, Mm -hmm. but I cannot read the kanji because there are lots of kanji and it's been – a long, long time uh, since I've since I've had to read kanji, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, I still like like the the hiragana and the katakana is still stuck in my head. Um, so Mine can, is I, pretty gone from high school and college. I need to spell it out like I'm like I'm three. Mm, yeah. So there you go. There, there you folks go. Um, yeah. See, see, my my knowledge of hiragana and katakana has pushed out <laughs> my English uses. Yeah. Uh, but no. But yeah. Uh, all that to say, folks, right? Like to to keep up on a language, you got to be you got to be using it every day. Right? Mm-hmm. That's 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 why I'm so good at English. Um, <laughs> I use it all the time. All I the, use it in my dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so but this sign in in our movie, um, it's also a little bit too blurry uh-huh. uh, to see. But uh, I was able to find an article with a little bit more information. Um, this is appropriately enough from FaustusNotes.com. Great, and it is titled Taskete. The Japanese warnings in The Exorcist. Now, the title is referring to the next sign that we're going to talk about, but it also mentions the banner under the clock. So I just want to read a little bit here. Uh, Faustus Notes says, The first kanji in particular is impossible to read, but the second one appears to be a kanji for terror. Writing the first unreadable kanji as a hyphen, it appears to say, hyphen uyori osoreyo which could loosely be translated as rather than doing something, be afraid, or more bluntly, terror over something. And then they say, I think the first kanji is either oso, uh, to attack, or suku, to save. So it is either terror over salvation or don't fight, be afraid, <laughs> right? Or or maybe uh, um, I, I'm guessing like if we're, if we're mixing these things, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. don't save, be afraid, right? right? Ra- rather than save, be very afraid. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and that's a very apt warning for Damien Karras, given how this movie ends, but it is too subtle for him to understand. No one in this story can read Japanese, so why is it there? That's a very There's, good question. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, why do you think... So So that's, that's, that is um, Faustus Notes' question there. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, no one in this story understands Japanese, 
So why why are these signs there? Well, it could be, you know, this is the lazy explanation, but it's the funniest, I think, is that mm-hmm. the designers found random Japanese <laughs> <laughs> like the shirts that they'll sell in, you know, in China or Singapore that, that say in English, fuck vegetables. And you see little mm-hmm. little kids oh, yes, wearing yes, them, which is yeah. just the, the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'd be the reverse of that is that right. we just, we just, just throw see, some we just Japanese see some, in there. <laughs> it's like, oh, this looks good. And, and we have no idea what it says. Right. right. Now, I don't believe that because these are professionals and even mm-hmm. even um even in 1972 and three when they're making this there were some resources they probably they probably chose all of these yes yes oh for sure and 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 i'm of your mind as mm-hmm. well uh Kina, because like just thematically mm-hmm. like what these things are saying like really really fit with mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the story um and so yeah speaking of that like if we go just a little bit to the right uh we got some red letters in the roman alphabet um but they are spelling out more japanese mm-hmm. um in japan this is this is referred to as romaji um when you write japanese words in the roman alphabet um and this one is very interesting i'm sure we're not the first ones to comment on this but keenan do you know what tuskete means no, and I didn't even I didn't even think of it as being Japanese. So ah, uh, yeah. Yes. So this yeah, this is Japanese, but it's um. So like when um when I'm teaching Japanese mm-hmm. now, we will start out with romaji. We will right. uh, we will before we learn the the writing system, the hiragana, the katakana, and uh, so we'll start out with and and that is the name that they gave it over in Japan is when you use uh, Roman letters to spell out the Japanese syllables, mm-hmm. right? Um, so. Uh, this is taskete. Is uh, it, wanna, a, wanna... it is it's like an imperative. It's like telling you yes. to do something, but that's mm-hmm. about as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. So so very good, very good. Oh, yeah, so right, you, remember, yeah, you, yeah. you remember your your grammar, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, any anything that happens, anything that ends with te, right? right? Mm-hmm. So yonde, taskete, mm-hmm. uh, tabete, right? right? Uh, all of that. It's like telling you to go do something. Yay. Telling you to like like do this, do that, right? right? Um, and then if you say kudasai, taskete kudasai, it's like please da 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 da, right? Um, so do you want to, do you want to? No, I have no quick? guesses. Toss. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to do a little Google search right oh, now? Oh, you want me? Oh, God. Yeah. I want you to, I want you to find it out on the air. Oh, this is scary. Mm. Okay. Japanese. Tasukete. Mm-hmm. Help me. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, very fitting here, right? Um, so we got, we got um, on the one side, right, we have, um, uh, like, terror over salvation. It's like, um, you know, uh, don't help, be afraid, uh-huh. right? And then in red, we have help me. And in the Swedish banner, which uh, you were telling us means, like, such and such doesn't speak much Swedish, right? Uh-huh. That reminds me of, like, that's one of the tasks that um, that he has to find out is, like, does she speak foreign languages or not? Because <sighs> in her real life, she doesn't. And then as uh, as uh, as he's been pazoozed, <laughs> she right. does speak foreign languages. Oh, my God. I I. Didn't even clock that one. Yeah. I was looking at the Japanese. I did, oh right, my right. gosh! But right, like that's oh, that's how we make a case for exorcism is if she's speaking languages she doesn't know how to speak. Right? She Does she know the language that she's you know, right? Like, oh, speaking in tongues, but did she get it from a textbook? Doesn't right? know it's much like, Swedish. Oh, doesn't know much Swedish, right? We know that. Help her! Don't oh help her! Oh my gosh! Help her! Don't help her! <laughs> don't help her! Be afraid! Right? Wow! It's it's so so Keenan. It's almost like the world mm-hmm. is screaming for Karis to do something, right. to save this girl, <laughs> right. but he he can't hear it or see it or understand it. Well, isn't right? that just his problem? Well, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's his, that's his main problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, pay attention. Jeez. See the signs. What do I got to do? The sign. Look, you just, you, Lord, give me a sign. You literally said that. <laughs> Let's just turn around. Right. Well, that's all very cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, 
talk about what's actually going. Oh, and by the way, yeah, there's there is a another banner over on the far right mm-hmm. wall that is in Chinese. Uh, I I could not I could not figure out what that one was. So I apologize, folks. If anybody knows that one, please write us in um, the Exorcist Minute in Gmail or the Exorcist Minute in Gmail, the Exorcist Minute at Gmail um, Yeah, like like that that was the only one I couldn't I couldn't get. Hmm. Does one of them say dog? Am I am I making that up? Let's see. Um, <laughs> There's one that looks like a person, but it's got a little a little mark. Is that dog? Um, oh, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay, that's the problem. Um, <laughs> because the kanji in Japanese mm-hmm. and then the Chinese characters are the are are visually the same. Uh-huh. But they are pronounced differently, and sometimes they mean different things. And uh, yeah, if you want to learn um, uh, Japanese, or if you want to learn uh, uh, Chinese or Cantonese or or um, any of those languages, it's um, too late. You're too old. Yep, yep. You'll never, <laughs> yeah. Your brain is already fully formed. It's no more. It's lost its elasticity. It's just a. It's just a hard peach pit in the middle of your head. No. Don't ever try to learn other languages. Give up. No. What were you going to say as someone who did as a, as an adult go? to other countries and learn other languages. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, I would, I would, I would recommend, um, well, yeah, I would just like, uh, yeah, try to, try to, you know, learning a new language is, is great. Um, and, uh, no, yeah, yeah, what was I going to, how was I going to finish that? <laughs> there is no advice except to go yeah. and live someplace where you're forced to, to say it, I think. Yes. <laughs> That's no. the only way. Best way, yeah. <laughs> Best way to learn a language is, is to, is to be there and, and just live there. Right. Yeah. Like Charlize Theron learned English after she moved to America and just watched mm-hmm. TV. But so she was trying to audition. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, to, to become a successful movie star, anybody mm-hmm. like anyone in the arts, you had to be a little delusional, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So she moves from South Africa, doesn't speak any English, and is mm-hmm. like, "I'm going to teach myself to speak English by watching TV and uh-huh. go out in these auditions." And then she did. Yeah. And then uh-huh. nobody even thinks of her as anything but an American because her accent is mm-hmm. flawless. But honestly, no, Keenan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm glad you you uh, you brought that mm-hmm. up, right? Like just watching TV, folks. I, I tell I tell my my uh, uh, beginning language learners uh, this 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 little this little trick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this this one weird trick, <laughs> right? Language teachers hate this. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but I say like try to find one way to practice the uh, target language by yourself, mm-hmm. and one new way to practice it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. When I say practice, you know, practice rather than study, right? Because right? you know, it's it's like learning to play basketball. You you know, Michael Jordan didn't read basketball books, right. And then become Michael Jordan, right? right. Yeah. So, but he did same both thing. Like, as your, yeah, he did, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so do both. You know, right. study and practice. Um, but one of the ways that um, I recommend that they practice is, yeah, watch TV, listen to music from uh, from that language or in that language, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, you know, listen to podcasts, listen to um, radio, uh, play video games in that language because that is how people talk versus like if you get a textbook that is teaching you that language, you're going to get, you know, Tom goes to the store. <laughs> Hello, how can I help you? Uh-huh. Right? Like, like nobody talks like that right. in, in English, but like that's what you get. You get a lot of textbook English mm-hmm. and in the same way, right? If you're, if you're, learning Japanese and you're just doing it from a, a textbook, you're going to get a lot of textbook Japanese, mm-hmm. right? And then you go over there and you realize that that nobody speaks like that, right? right? They speak very, um, you know, we all we all speak a lazy version of of what our language is, right? right? Like native English speakers speak lazy English. That's what I was going to say. Like, so, so when you tell someone who's learning English how to pronounce the word T-O, you say mm-hmm. two, right? Right. We don't say two. We nobody say, says two. We say ta or te. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. To, I'm going right. to the store. I'm going to the store. Right. right? We never. Or, I'm going to the store. Yeah. No. Who says that? an alien? <laughs> Kill him. An alien. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. And we're talking aliens from other planets. Folks. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Like xenomorphs. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're not xenophobic. We're yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're xenomorphic. Xenomorphic. Yeah. We're xenomorphic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, like my my favorite thing to um uh to tell my um English learning students, mm. so the students who are learning English, I'll I'll put up like a um uh a sentence like I don't want to, mm-hmm. right. And which nobody says, right? We would say like, I don't wanna, right? Right. But even then, we don't. We go even lazier than that, mm-hmm. right? I would say, I don't wanna, right? I don't wanna, I don't wanna, right? Which is which is one word. <laughs> and if I had to spell it phonetically, right. it would be A D O W A N A. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, right? Right. Like or or it's like uh, what is my favorite? Like uh, Jeff Foxworthy does this, right? Like he's instead of "Did you eat yet?" Mm-hmm. "Jeet yet?" <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But it's like yeah, yeah. Like like if you if you want to learn English, watch a Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> stand up, right? Because he's gonna he's gonna do this whole bit. He's gonna be like "Jeet yet?" No, Jew. No, Juana. She hear the one about. She hear the one, right? Instead of like, yeah, let's go. It's like, right. yeah, let's go, let's go, right? Right. Nobody says, nobody says, what's up? <laughs> and definitely nobody says, what is up? Right. Right. They all say, what's up? Right. Or just, what's up? Right. It's like, so, so yeah. So lazy, uh, lazy language is, is the rule of the day. Right. And you find that in TV shows, movies, radio, music, mm-hmm. video games, rather than textbooks. Mm-hmm. So if you want to sound like how everybody actually talks, no matter what language mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're trying to learn, uh, look at their art. Mm-hmm. Look at their entertainment, right? Because right? that's that's more real than what a textbook would be. Even though a textbook is technically more correct. Right. But Lieutenant Ripley, I need you to come down here and look at something by the vents. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? What did you say? Did you oh, I'm sorry. My communicator was, was, was up there. Yeah. Lieutenant Ripley, I need you to come down here and look something by the vents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. View. Of course, yeah. I'll be right over there, Dallas. <laughs> yes. I thought you got xenomorphed for a second. Yeah. That was. That was. The, he's like. He's like. He. He. Had, he's. He's level one. Um. Uh. English. He's like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> L- Lieutenant Ripley. Lieutenant. No, it, start, it starts out, it's like, um, um, Lieutenant Human Ri- I mean, <laughs> Lieutenant Rip, Lieutenant Fellow Human Ripley. <laughs> I need you to. To, to humanly walk down here <laughs> with your two legs, with your two fleshy, gross legs. And look at something with those things in your face I don't have. <laughs> I mean, of course, of course I, I have them. They Let's are, start over. They are nice. <laughs> they are nice, and I certainly don't want to eat them. Bring your non-acidic blood here. <laughs> oh, this is our new friend, the ESL, the the. the ESL alien. All right. The ESL xenomorph. Oh, Zini, you'll get him one day. Zini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Planchies, the Planchette. I forget the other ones uh-huh. we have, but yeah, Zini. Oh, oh, um, a Pulley, the uh, car- <laughs> Jason Miller's, Miller's uh, Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> what do you say about that, Pulley? I say I am going to the store because <laughs> I have a Pulitzer Prize. That's, that's how I won. <laughs> Speaking correctly. Yes. The teeth, the lips, the tip of the tongue, right? 
red leather, yellow leather. Have you heard of it? <laughs> right. Wristwatch, 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 wristwatch. Wristwatch, wristwatch, wristwatch yeah. <laughs> yeah, folks, you're going to hear the uh, the edited version of that reading. <laughs> Guess how many times I, I had to say wristwatch. Yeah, and in English, we invent unpronounceable words. <laughs> Wristwatch? Why? What? Why? Why? What are you doing, English? <laughs> My favorite thing. Oh yeah, we already did. We are. Oh god, we have fallen into this. Is this is a, a trap of Lester's own making of how English is stupid <laughs> and makes no sense. <laughs> they know. They know. That's why mm-hmm. Africa doesn't like us. <laughs> They're like, I, well, I hear people. this English around here. I don't. I, I, yeah. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'd rather speak Yoruba or um, mm-hmm. or something sensible. <laughs> yeah, something logical. Yes. <laughs> to speak Igbo rather than English. Jesus yeah. Christ! How are we? Mm-hmm. The, one of the most spoken like like we how are we the most you, you know how we we oh well, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually was, yeah <laughs> no that was a rhetorical guys yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> we we are the language of forced of conversion yeah l- looting and plundering <laughs> and and fear and terror yes yes oh yeah yeah <laughs> and just when just, the English stopped doing that we started we we picked yep, up the mantle yep. yeah. <laughs> I say we should we should really stop forcing other people to. <laughs> Don't you worry about a thing. We got it from here. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> we'll carry on for you, Grams. You take a sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I say I say, Captain, you need a new name. <laughs> oh, Captain. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. What was that? What was that greeting? Howdy. Oh. <laughs> Well, you just, just mash two things together. That's that's what we do. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Listen, out of this, out of this language trap, and we're still in this language trap. Oh trap. no! And we're still in. Oh, we're still God. speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once the Tower of Babel fell, mm-hmm. it was just all. You know, yeah. Hey, Babel. That's where. Yeah. Well, no, everybody knows that. Yeah. But yeah, um, we were, if we could speak Esperanto by next episode, that'd be really great. Oh, that would be yeah, just simplistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So so let's actually talk about what's going on in this scene, right? We were, we're looking at all these posters and everything here. Um, so Karis is here listening to a recording of Reagan's voice. He's still skeptical, but he has promised to help in any way that he can. And in any case, uh, like for an exorcism to be approved, he needs to build up a case for mm-hmm. it. So before this scene, he has asked for a recording of pre-possessed Reagan's voice to compare with what he has already heard. And yeah, part of it is to hear the difference in tone and pitch and texture, but also he is listening for a difference in vocabulary and style. Um, He made that very clear when he was uh, questioning Chris in the book about like, oh, you know, does she usually have a a, uh, low-pitched voice, right? But what about the style and the way that she puts words together, right? Would you say that it matches how it is now? And, And Chris says, not at all, right? And if you'll remember, our Captain Howdy in the book was very very like intellectual, very sophisticated in his speech mm-hmm. to the point where like Karis is thinking is like, wow, Reagan must be like a very precocious little kid, right? right? Making like biblical yeah. puns. Yeah, right? right? And so now as he listens to this 
very innocent, very childlike voice as, you know, she sort of sort of like, you know, stammers and stumbles, you know, through what we come to find is a recording they had meant to send to Howard, but never finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so as we are seeing this shot, we are also hearing Reagan's voice, right? And she says, hello, daddy, this is me. Then we hear her talking to Chris, right? She doesn't know what to say. We can hear Chris in the background encouraging uh, uh, Reagan. This is heartbreaking, mm-hmm. right? Like knowing what this tape was supposed to be for, right? They were going to send it to Howard because, of course, Howard was away somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then we cut from here to another great shot. This scene is full of great shots, right? We're, we're here uh, over uh, Karis's shoulder as he listens to the tape, but we can see his face reflected in the glass of his little cubicle and also like all the other cubicles behind it. So right. it's like this in, in, infinite repetition of Karis's going on here. And all of them look very very concerned so here. do you have a thought about this because obviously you could do this just because it looks fantastic right mm-hmm. all of these oh, yeah. all of these characters yeah. out there and so you know when you find yourself in a hall that has this effect like you just look at you like you stop right and you're like look at all these different yeah. lasters right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know there's a shot like this in citizen kane near the end mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Uh, with the infinite canes and people talk about that and in that movie it's usually read as that movie is about all these different people giving opinions about kane right mm-hmm. and None of them is the correct opinion. And so it is, it's like, well, geez, how do you make sense of a man? Right. Like his, his ex-wife has an idea and his best friend and his business manager have an idea and he has an idea and and the reporters have ideas, but none of them are the real man. Right. Mm. Is there anything like that? Not that there has to be, because it is just super cool to see Damien like this, but any thoughts about that? Like, like, does this say anything symbolically? Does it help us read the movie deeper in a new way? or, Or what do you make of it? Well, damn it, Keenan, mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask you this question. <laughs> but no, okay, this is, I mean, let's do this. You're in for a treat here, folks. Like, we're going we're gonna to try to decipher this, like, like lo- we're doing it live. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because I don't, I don't s- have an answer necessarily, mm-hmm. yeah. So his reflections are looking well. He's first of all, he's reflecting. Right. So yeah, <laughs> all right, there you go. Just like, yeah, yeah. Just like Dr. Tanning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are looking back at him. Right. And he is looking at them. And I want to say so. So your thing with Citizen Kane was that look at look at all of these different people. Yeah, that we'll never quite get to know. There's an infinite amount of him. There are many more right. of them in Citizen Kane. There's probably like, five here in in yeah. Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah, so when we say infinite characters, it's like, yeah, there's like five five of them. Uh, (laughs) The three musketeers Mm -hmm. and the five boxing priests. (laughs) Um, But no, like, I want to say it's the opposite of the Citizen Kane Mm -hmm. thing here where we're looking at, like, all these different facets Mm -hmm. of of the character over there. But here, I mean, obviously it's a mirror image, but, like, I wonder if they're focusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if they're they're they want to make us see that it's all the same. Uh-huh. As many facets of Karis as there are, like ma- like maybe we're we're looking at his like he's trying to square the circle. He's trying to to get a handle on what this is, and it just it keeps on coming up the same. Right, right? Mm-hmm. in the in the same way that like um 
there is that scene where Kinderman is examining his kind of like collage of evidence. And he like, no matter how he manipulates it, no matter how he looks at it, it all comes up the same. It all comes back to like Reagan killed Burke. Right. right? And so maybe that's what's going on here too, is that Karis is listening to this thing. He's looking at it and he's like, I like the result is always, it's never like, no matter, maybe he's listened to this. Mm-hmm. Five times right. already, right? And that's the five reflections. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but every single time, like he's hoping that, oh, maybe if I listen to it this time, mm-hmm. it will it will change. It will something something will be different, and it'll it'll open up my mind, or I will I will come to a decision. Right. And it just isn't. It's like every reflection is like a time that he listened to that tape, mm-hmm. and it's, it's still the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. That's right? really interesting. I mean, Obviously, it's a tape. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. <laughs> but he's trying um, to find some evidence that helps him get out of this. But no, it's the same right. thing. Yeah. Well, and okay. Well, that's a question, though. Like it all comes up the same. Well, actually, well, first, I want to I want to hear what you. What you well, two say. things. While I was hearing you, and I hope I hope mm. people aren't turned off by us doing this live because yeah, we're not trying to find definitive answers for anything. That's just not how mm-hmm. art analysis works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the previous shot of him being alone is so interesting, right? Of him, right. and, and it reminds me of. We've talked a little bit about. Oh, maybe this this movie does fit into the 1970s uh, uh, politics of paranoia genre that we have for Chinatown or all the president's men or network right. or um, coming home or, or the parallax view. Like, like that's a distinct uh, impulse in 1970s studio filmmaking is about like little people, Serpico, just on and on, yeah. on. Godfather two is about that. Right. Um, right. about like little people against the, the whole bureaucracy. And so mm-hmm. that shot of Damien has that where it's him alone. It looks a lot like all the president's men, um, yeah. except that in all the president's men, it's usually Woodward and Bernstein doing their thing while there are people around them working on other things. Mm. Or or watching TV, watching the news, because uh, that movie ends with um, uh, Woodward and Bernstein have effectively brought down Nixon, and then the movie ends with everyone in the newsroom dropping what they're doing to watch Nixon's resignation. Mm-hmm. But Woodward and Bernstein are still typing, like they're still yeah. they're still working. So here we have a very similar shot, except it's Damien all alone up against the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And then here we cut to this shot, and like, yeah, it's, it might be reinforcing his aloneness in a new way, right? these five Ooh. versions of him and he right. has to do the work of five people because there isn't anybody else doing these things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so maybe that. Right. Um, so it's like, and, and that, that just kind of like that juxtaposes. it's like the, the irony of like, there are so many versions of him, mm-hmm. but it's just him. Right. He's all alone yeah. there. Yeah. Oh man. I like that. And then the, the second thing that now I'm just trying to think about like how this matches other shots or, or rhymes with other shots that we've seen in the movie. We did have mm-hmm. this um, this kind of motif uh, separating Chris and Reagan in the examination rooms. Okay. Whereas mm-hmm. frequently Reagan, um, you know, being separated from Chris was the big one, but also being separated by like the people operating the machines and right. The, right and her being being alone there. And so this might help with that again. Like it's Damien what separated from himself and the belief in his mm-hmm. own his own um, evidence of his eyes and ears again. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, separated by a pane of glass right, right? Mm-hmm. oh, that's effectively like that what we too. see even though these are reflections right yeah yeah Ooh, i really like that yeah um now one thing that i can't let go of is because these are reflections right mm-hmm. there's no variation they're all exactly the same mm-hmm. right and so we were talking about how like maybe this could be like him coming to the same conclusion right. again and again and again right as he's listening to this tape and i wanted to ask you keenan so if he is coming to the same conclusion, what is that? Mm-hmm. Is it that that I just met a demon, I just met a sick girl, or I can't come to an, a conclusion? I, I think it might be that like he's gone to find the evidence so that he can take it to Chris and be like, look, 
it's not going to happen. We can't take, we don't have the evidence to make our case to the bureaucracy of the church. And now he's mm-hmm. there. He's like, well, gosh, you know, it really is there. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, so he's, how do you, how do you go to Chris and say, no, nope, we don't have it when she's presented him evidence that, well, they do have it. Oh, so he's, he's actually like kind of stopped in his tracks <laughs> by an answer. Right. Like by the evidence, like, oh my God, like I can't, I cannot s- pretend that I'm not hearing right, this right, right now. Ooh, I like that. Okay. All right. So actually, folks, um, on that note, I think it is a, a perfect time now to dip into another reading. Uh, folks, you are in luck. We got, we got another uh, two for one episode <laughs> here. Um, and I think our reading sums up this scene quite nicely. Now, this, uh, this passage in the book starts a little bit before he starts listening to the tape. Um, it's got him uh, reading some books here um, and just contemplating the whole um, idea of uh, building up a case for mm-hmm. possession. Um, and then it gets into him listening to the tape. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's have a listen. All right. A reading from the Book of Blatty. He glanced at the tape of Regan's voice for a moment, then sat wearily at the desk. He lit another cigarette, exhaled, thought again of the Burner Boys, of the case of the eight-year-old girl who had manifested symptoms of full-blown possession. What book had this girl read that had enabled her conscious mind to simulate the symptoms to such perfection? And how did the unconscious of victims in China communicate the symptoms to the various unconscious minds of people possessed in Siberia, in Germany, in Africa, so that the symptoms were always the same? Incidentally, your mother is in here with us, Karis. He stared, unseeing, as smoke from his cigarette rose like whispered curls of memory. The priest leaned back, looking down at the bottom left-hand drawer of the desk. For a time, he kept staring. Then, slowly, he leaned down, pulled open the drawer, and extracted a faded language exercise book, Adult Education, his mother's. He set it on the desk and thumbed the pages with a tender care. Letters of the alphabet, over and over. Then, simple exercises. Lesson six, my complete address. Between the pages, an attempt at a letter. Dear Dimmy, I have been waiting. Then, another beginning, incomplete. He looked away, saw her eyes at the window, waiting. Domine non sum dignus. The eyes became Reagan's, eyes shrieking, eyes waiting. Speak but the word. He glanced at the tape of Reagan's voice. He left the room, took the tape to the language lab, found a tape recorder, sat down. He threaded the tape to an empty reel, clamped on earphones, turned on the switch, then leaned forward and listened, exhausted, intense. For a time, only tape hiss, squeaking of the mechanism. Suddenly, a thumping sound of activation, noises. Hello? Then a whining feedback. Chris McNeil, tone hushed in the background. Not so close to the microphone, honey. Hold it back. Like this? No. More. Like this? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead now. Just talk. Giggling. The microphone bumping a table. Then the sweet, clear voice of Regan McNeil. Hello, Daddy. This is me. Um... Giggling. Then a whispered aside. I can't tell what to say. Oh, just tell him how you are, honey. Tell about all the things you've been doing. More giggling. Then... Um, Daddy, well, you see, I mean, (laughs) I hope you can hear me okay. And, uh, well, now, let's see. Um, well, first we're, no, wait, now, see, first we're in Washington, Daddy. Uh, you know, I I mean, that's where the president lives. And this house, you know, Daddy, it's, no, wait, now I better start over. See, Daddy, there's... Karis heard the rest only dimly from afar, through the roaring of blood in his ears, like the ocean, 
as up through his chest and his face swelled an overwhelming intuition. The thing that I saw in that room wasn't Reagan. Mm. Mm. That's too sad, Lester. Yeah. Like both yeah, of that together, do... yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even do a sheesh. I can just gotta... <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, huh, right? Mm-hmm. So there we go. I, I, I wanted to read that one because of the letter that his mother started but never finished, which by itself can just shatter you into a thousand pieces, yeah. right? But we couple that with this unfinished recording that Chris and Reagan are trying to make for Howard, right? This reaching out, this attempt at communication between mother and son, between mother and daughter and father, right? Those are also cries for help, right? We were talking about there's cries for help literally on the walls, <laughs> right? Taskete, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these were cries for help that were never finished and never heard. And honestly, I don't know how much Karis is associating um, the case of Reagan with that of his own mother, if at all. But at least in the book, we get these little flashes of, well, you couldn't save that one, but maybe you can save this one. Keenan, do you get any of that from the film? Like the parallels between Mary Karras and Reagan? I think in the film, they're more diffuse, right? Like there's, yeah, there mm. is that thing you're talking about. You couldn't save your mother, so maybe you could save this girl. That That is there. Mm. But but yeah, these the not having the idea of the, the letter, we don't make that connection as he's hearing this recording. We're just trying to find the same evidence he's trying to find. But in... Yeah. In both the book uh, versions, I mean, they're both trying to communicate uh, Mary with Damien mm-hmm. and um, and Reagan with Howard, and and they're unable to because of like a fear of imperfection, right? Mm-hmm. So right, yeah, yeah. She can't. I didn't even think about that, right? Like she she doesn't know what to say, and she has to start over, and she yeah. yeah. So she never oh. finishes, and 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 Mary, rather than. Rather than it's too sad, Lester. <laughs> rather, yeah, rather than work at it a little every day, mm-hmm. um, sending a short letter, sending a letter that starts in English and then f- switches to Greek, which she could probably read and write, you know, and and then yeah. explain. Mm-hmm. I, that's as far as I can get this time, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Mary. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this live, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But Mary is ashamed or like afraid that that she's not good enough for her son, right? He thinks that, that mm. he's not good enough for his mother, but she thinks that he's not, she's not good enough for her son who's gone off and <sighs> done these great things. And, and you know, that's... Like the English has to be perfect. Yeah, or, or else or don't do it, right? Oh, and then, you know, he's the learned priest who went to Harvard and, and you know, and um, he, she and Reagan thinks the same thing, right? If I'm not this perfect daughter, then daddy's not going to come back. And oh, that, <laughs> that gets that gets proven correct because she's a terrible daughter. And, oh, no. <laughs> and that's why the, oh my God. See, I was, oh man, I was, I was writing this whole other story uh, as to why the tape never got sent. Uh, I thought, I thought like, like they started this new, it's like, hey, this, you know, this is innovative and fun right. and will distract you from right. from like what's really going on. <laughs> let's let's play with this tape recorder. Right. Hey, and and but then like I don't know, the novelty wears mm-hmm. off or Howard is no longer in the place like cuz he's he's going all over the place. He's in this place right. in Europe, he's over here, he's in Rome, mm-hmm. he's in here, uh, you know. And so like they they lose track of like where to send mm-hmm. the tape or or maybe just like, you know, uh, 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 Chris is like, "Oh, honey, let's not, you know, you know, let's not worry about it right, right. now. He's going to, we're going to, we're going to see him, you know, in a month or something like mm-hmm. that. Let's, let's put this, this thing away. But now you're saying that it was Reagan's choice not to finish it and send it because it wasn't 
good enough. Yeah, because she, she doesn't finish. She's like, oh, I don't know. There's nothing. All I could tell him is what, what we've done with my day, and it's not interesting, right? And he doesn't want to hear about me. Right. <laughs> he wants to, I don't have anything exciting or, or intriguing to, yeah. to tell him just about me. He wants a more interesting me. daughter than, than me, or oh, else he'd be here. <laughs> or else why is he gone, Lester? <laughs> uh, Keenan. <laughs> Well, isn't this just fitting? I drop, I drop the thing with like Mary Karras's unfinished letter mm, on you, awful. and you drop this. Th- oh god, terrible! We're both sad, folks. Are you happy? Right. Oh god, jeez. But yeah, but like yeah, I think I think the um yeah the theme for this this part this scene is is um unfinished communications. Yeah, absolutely. Right, mm-hmm. and then also like um unseen and unheard, right? Because Karis has his back to those messages mm-hmm. telling him to to either save this girl or to or or to watch out and be afraid, mm-hmm. right? And he's got his back to both of those. Like how right? he didn't get this letter until after she was dead, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, why, Demi? <laughs> why, why do, oh, God. All right. Uh, every, every time it, it surprises us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, okay, yeah, we got, uh, we got, <laughs> We got another sign here um, in uh, in 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 Russian. Right. Um, I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it um it it it's just the word. It's it's the word for speak. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. It's it's a uh, govorit or or I don't I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but it's it's that's all we see of this sign is the word for speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, speak, but the word, and my soul shall be healed. Maybe. I don't Maybe. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just speak. Just just say something to me. <laughs> speak. Yeah. <sighs> help yeah, help so me and speak. He doesn't know any help. Other. Help me and speak. Mm-hmm. Speak. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Um. Now, folks, we are coming up on an exciting moment here. Uh, as Karis gets deeper and deeper into this case, he starts to see and hear things again with the seeing and the hearing mm-hmm. that honestly are quite terrifying to him um and uh, they whisper the possibility and and i think this goes uh with what you were saying keenan is is how he is reacting to this voice on the tape right these these things that he is going to see and hear later on are whispering the possibility that maybe just maybe there really is something out there there Mm -hmm. just might be a god in all of this and i really like that what leads him to this realization is the possibility that the devil is real, mm-hmm. right? It's this really cool juxtaposition where like you would think maybe someone else would get like more and more terrified, like, oh my God, the devil is real, right? But Karis is like, oh my God, the devil is real, mm-hmm. right? Like, And I love this, this weird um, – flavor of this realization right for Karis like like how it does the exact opposite for him right it it opens up a way for him to repair his relationship with God a relationship which he thought in his despair was one-sided but now at last he is finding hope and I hope you'll stick with us folks because we're gonna see how Captain Howdy plays with that and Mm -hmm. plays with Karis giving him just enough hope and then snatching it back Right, like, pay close attention to the um, miracles and the signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about signs again, right? <laughs> uh, pay close attention to the signs that Captain Howdy allows to happen, and how he sort of toys with Karis, like a like a sadistic cat with a mouse. <laughs> But yeah, so now it's interesting we're talking about hope here. Um, like I said, Karis, Karis is on the path to hope. And our last shot, the last shot of this minute, but the first shot of a new scene is of hands, a priest's hands holding the communion wafer, 
right? Which is a sign of faith, right? I like the juxtaposition here too, right? Like right. We, got the, we got the language lab in near total darkness, right? The main colors are blue from Karis's shirt and black. And then in the new shot, we got, we got the opposite colors of red, right? A flame has been rekindled mm-hmm. and white, right? right? So yeah, so I really, really like this. And we're going we're gonna to get to this minute. And folks, I am excited because for our next minute, we are going to have a guest. This is Father David Maori. Yes, you heard that right. Father, <laughs> we got a priest here on the Exorcist Minute. He is, he is coming to talk to us about this movie. We, are, we could not be more excited. We are, we are beside ourselves with excitement. Mm-hmm. This is, this is going to be so... We are beside ourselves like Karis is beside himself in, in this reflective... <laughs> But we're actually happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, we're actually happy. We're not like yeah, yeah So we're actually like, not, yeah, so scratch that. We're not like Karis at all at all. You're telling me you got a priest on this show. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's great. He's a he's a movie fan. He's a mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if he's a fan of the Exorcist, but he's a movie mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah. talk to him about that a little bit more. Yeah, there were yeah. some minutes he told us specifically he would not be able to join us on. <laughs> yes, we which we can totally understand. We didn't want to be guests on that one. <laughs> There we go. That's a job for AI. (laughs) You do that minute, Roby the Robot. (laughs) This is sad and gross. Now you feel sad and gross. (laughs) It says things about the human condition. (laughs) Very good. Very good job, Roby. This can Um, be made better through Google and all of the other products at Alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah we will we will pick back up with this scene in the next minute but for now that is all my notes uh keenan is there anything else we missed no i think we got it all right folks this has been another excellent exorcist minute i've been lester ryan clark you can reach me on all the socials as lester ryan clark and i've been keenan diaz and you can find me on instagram and letterbox as howdy keenan yeah we got our listener group compelling conversations go check that out and request to join and we'll let you in here with us and thank you so much to everyone who has shared our show by word of mouth and on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you uh, uh, listen to our show. We really appreciate it. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. And once again, folks, we are uh, now part of the True Story family. Um, that is tr- uh, FM. So go uh, check them out and listen to all their awesome podcasts. We're really, really happy to be, uh, to be part of the True Story family. Okay. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the The power power of Jeff Foxworthy compels you. If you start speaking a language you've never been exposed to, you might be a possessed girl. <laughs> oh, you might be a possessed girl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> if you have a penchant for bringing down the vibe at parties <laughs> with your bodily functions, <laughs> you might be a possessed girl. <laughs> If you pretend to be hypnotized just so you can grab your psychiatrist scrotum, (laughs) you might be a possessed girl. (laughs) If you have a capacity for vomiting at high velocities, you might be a possessed girl.
if you convince two priests to come over to your house to do a house call and you kill them both. (laughs) (laughs) You might be a possessed girl. If you open your mouth and what comes out sounds like Mercedes McCambridge, star of stage, screen, and radio, you might be a possessed girl.